I said you can enjoy your imperfect self. The best part is admission is free. Sessions begin Thursday night, March 14th. Just call 1-866-C-JOYCE or check out JoyceMeyer.org for all the details. Hello, I'm Joyce Meyer, inviting you to join me right here on Enjoying Everyday Life, where I give you easy and practical ways to live a life you truly love. Joyce Meyer is here at 7.30. Good news and shoes. It's Jesus in the everyday, me and you. The good news and shoes. This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. What are the key elements to being a Christian? Well, you may not be dead physically, but according to the Word of God, until Jesus Christ comes into your life, you are dead spiritually. That means you are dead toward God. That means that God can't communicate with you. You can't communicate with God. Dr. David Jeremiah gives us insight into basics of the Christian faith. Next time on Turning Point. Listen to Turning Point at 12.30 p.m. Monday through Friday on the Good News Station, WCNO. A1 Auto Care of Hope Sound is a WCNO corporate underwriter. Dave and Esther Morgan have been serving Treasure Coast motorists since 1986 with the best in automotive care. A1 Auto Care is located across the railroad tracks at the next crossing south of Bridge Road in Hope Sound. A1 Auto Care is available at 546-6667 where honesty is their only policy. That's 772-546-6667. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Jeremiah 21.11 For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Somebody say, all of my heart. One translation says it this way, For I know the plans that I have for you, they are plans that are filled with good. Somebody say good. There are plans that are filled with good and not evil, plans to give you a future and a hope. I mean, when we think about the future, sometimes it's a little bit scary, isn't it? Amen. I mean, God's got your future in His hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the truth of the Word of God. Lord, I pray, God, that it's imparted to us, God, with your Holy Ghost. Lord God, that it changes us from the inside out. Lord, I pray, God, that the words I speak will be the words of heaven this morning, God, that will bring heaven into our lives, God, and invade, Lord, this place, God, of, of the flesh, this place of the natural with the supernatural. Lord, I declare, God, that when we leave this place today, we're not the same as we were when we got here. Father, I thank you for who you are and what you've done, what you're about to do. And, Lord, I pray, God, that as today ha takes place and this message transpires in our hearts, God, that we are marked by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we'll never be the same. Go ahead and lay your hands on your head this morning and say, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. Today is my day. And I'll never be the same. 
Amen. If you believe that, God's got something big for you this morning. Amen. It's not over till it's over. Touch somebody and say, it ain't over yet. (laughs) It's not over till it's over. You can start again. You know, when I was a kid, we used to play football out in the field down by this churchyard. Uh, It was a small church, and they had a big churchyard that connected right to the neighborhood, and we'd go down there and play football. And we would play, man, from, uh, you know, when school was out till dark. And we were barefooted and cut off shorts. You know, if you can imagine the early 80s, that's what we looked at. We were cut off shorts, barefooted, and, uh, and ripped up T-shirts, man. And, I mean, we would, and it was tackle football. I mean, and we would hit hard. I, these kids today, man, they got out there and get hit and their bones get broke like that. You know, they've gotten used to Xbox. They play Madden on TV. You know, we had to play with the kids in the neighborhood. They're playing with somebody in Europe. I'll say, get run, mate. I don't even know who they're playing with anymore, do they? You know, they might be good with their thumbs, but the rest of their body's out of shape. When I was a kid, man, we went down there, and we ran hard. We played hard, and we played till dark, and we walked down the street to come home at night because we heard Mama calling from the front door, Darren, Jason, Jeremy, dinner's ready. Got to go. Game over. And we walk home like this. Fifteen years old now because we were sore from hitting each other so hard. But how many know when, we, you know, when we used to play games like that in football and baseball and stuff when we were kids, we didn't have referees out there with us. So when there was a bad play or there was an argument on the field of what was right or what if somebody fumbled a ball or caught the ball or didn't catch the ball, if it was a touchdown or a first down or what and whatever, we used to play two complete was a first down because you could never get into an argument about yardage. You get two complete passes, first down. That's the way it went. Right? But how, how many know, since there was no referees, there was the potential to getting into a fight with kids in your own neighborhood was there every day. And by the time you got a liar out of your mouth, somebody was punching you in the head. So what we had, we incorporated the system, and this is, I think this is the way it was all the, way, all the way across the United States, but we incorporated the system that if you couldn't agree, the first thing you did is you hoped you had one of your friends playing on the opposite team because then you could say, hey, man, you know that's right. And the friend on the opposite team would go, yeah, you're right, you're right, and that would settle it. If you got somebody on the opposite team to agree with the play, then you're good. But when it was a close game and the score was tied and it was a, it was a play for points, nobody would agree with nothing. You know, you couldn't come to it. So what we had was, is we had this thing called a do-over. Everybody say do-over. And the do-over was used, quite frankly, to keep us from killing each other. Because when we got to the point where we were about to kill each other, somebody would say, that's it, let's just do it over. And we'd do the play over again. And we settled for what it was. And that's, that's how we handled that. We handled it with a do-over. Touch somebody and say, I think you might need a do-over. This do-over worked for all kinds of stuff. It, it worked for the distracted player who swore up and down. He called timeout, but he really didn't, and he was over there tying his shoe. You know? And it worked, for, it worked for all the girls that would sit on the back of everybody's car and watch us play when they would distract us from the game. You know what I'm talking about. You're going out for the pass, and they come down off the car, and they... You stop and get hit in the head with a football. Come on, guys, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Wait a minute, do over, do over. I wasn't looking at the ball. Well, duh. We know what you've been looking at. Hmm? So we had do overs, and, 
if you stepped in a hole in the ground and stuff like that, you know, we had do-overs. And do-overs are important for sports like that. We had do-overs, and, and we'd get to do the play again, and we'd get to run the same play over again or try a different play. But, you know, you got a second chance. I mean, second chances are important, amen? Now that I'm a little bit older, I don't play football in the street anymore and out in the fields anymore like I used to because that would be ugly. Now I play this other little game uh, that has these little white balls. And you got these clubs in a bag that you carry around on this car, this little kind of car, like a go-kart, which is really fun to drive. And you get to ride it off-road, but it's not really off-road because the grass is more smoother than the pavement you drive your car on. Uh, that game's called golf. And if you went by how high your score was, I would be really good at it. I would be one of the best people in the area playing golf. But unfortunately, if you play golf, then you know that the lower your score, the better you are. But we, when I play golf, when I play golf with people that play on my level, we have all kinds of rules we had in. But if I play with somebody like that who's a perfectionist and he, you know, you're going to keep your score perfect and all that stuff, then you get two mulligans. You get a mulligan on the first nine and you get a mulligan on the back nine. And a mulligan basically says when you get up to the tee box and you drive the ball and the ball doesn't go straight down the fairway but makes a big old giant capital C and hits the house into the right over there, way off of the fairway, you get to turn around and go, I'm going to take my mulligan. And you get, this, you get another shot at it. That's a mulligan. If I'm not playing with that, I usually take two or three of those every hole. I played with one guy. Y'all don't remember John York. Some of y'all might remember John York. But me and John York on the golf course was crazy, man. By the time we got to the 15th hole, the ranger was spying on us with binoculars going, what are they doing? Because we played this thing called best ball, which is even worse than a do-over. We would take three tee shots, and the one that hit the ball the best, we'd go up there and drop our ball to the best one. And that's where we took the next shot. <laughs> that, that just throws do-over out the window. <laughs> that's just downright cheating, right? <laughs> Amen. So anyway, we got mulligans in, uh, in golf, and there's all kinds of in different kinds of sports and stuff, and that you get these things called do-overs. Wouldn't it be nice just to have some do-overs in life? Yeah. I remember one time when I was little, I'm going to tell on some of my family this morning, I remember one time when I was little, my papa, uh, who's going to be with the Lord now, and really probably shouldn't have went to be with the Lord, but got saved a couple days before he died because he was meaner than a snake his whole life, was down at our house in Florida when I was real little, and he was playing with uh, my Aunt Betty's husband, Mr. Rome. We weren't allowed to call him Uncle Rome. It was just Mr. Rome. And they were playing rummy. And uh, we were all in the living room, and I heard somebody yell rummy. And next thing I know, man, the, the dining room table's turned over. Chairs are down. People are hollering. People are yelling. And uh, there ain't no do-over in rummy. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> rummy is it, man. If you holler rummy, there's no do-over. And, and there's no do-over in checkers. You ever play checkers with somebody, and they... They move their checker, and you jump them like four times. They go, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I need a do-over. There's no do-over in checkers either, is there? But, I, you know, wouldn't it be nice just to have a do-over with some of the things we've, some decisions we made as adults? Hmm? I mean, I, I think that would just be really cool to, uh, to have a do-over on a few decisions I've made in my life and maybe go back and change some things if I could. Not that I live in regret, but man, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? Isn't it? And you can go back and just uh, 
and bring that principle of the do-over back into our life today. That would just be so cool. Uh, in the middle of some of the biggest mistakes of our lives or some of the biggest arguments that we've had with friends, what about some of the biggest arguments you had husbands and wives with each other? Wouldn't you just like to go back and have a do-over? I know I would. That'd be cool to me. You could just look at each other right in the middle of a big fat fight when y'all about to kill each other and say, Honey, I need a do-over. And that would just be it. And you just hug and kiss. And you could praise God for the do-over. Thank you, Lord, for the do-over. Yeah, amen. I think we should just institute that in all of our marriages today. Amen. Have some grace for each other because, I mean, uh, you ain't as perfect as you think you are. And the person you're married to thinks the same thing about you. Uh-oh. Woo! Well, if you're married, you probably have had a form of a do-over at least once or twice in your relationship. At least I know the men have because there's a few things that have come across my lips from time to time that I've said to my wife that uh, as they were coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking to myself, what in the world are you doing? You know, and sometimes I catch myself and stop and go, I'm sorry, I ain't going to say nothing. And other times I'm just so committed to it, it's already out of my mouth and my mind is, well, go ahead, you already dug a hole, you might as well jump in it and let it rip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those are the important times you really want to have a do-over, amen? But uh, wouldn't it be nice after you say something stupid just to look at that person and say, I'm really sorry, I, you know, that's my flesh talking. You're the most important person to me in my life, and I need a do-over on that one. I mean, you know, some of us in here this morning, you've been going through some stuff in your life, and you've been through some things and, and, and had some broken relationships take place in your life, and some of us have had great loss. Amen? Some of us have suffered through some hard things. And uh, what you need this morning is a do-over. You need another chance. You need a clean slate. You need to say, I need to start this thing again. Wouldn't it be great if you could just take some of the decisions that you made in your life about your career and maybe go back and straighten out some of the things in your career or, 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 or the house that you live in or the house that you bought? Wouldn't it be great if you could just go back and have a do-over with some of that stuff? I know I wish I would have had a, gotten to the housing market in the year 2000 instead of 2005. I think there's probably a, a million people that would believe, you know, think the same thing. To have the, the wisdom and the foresight to buy when it was the right time to buy and to sell when it was the right time to sell instead of buying when it was time to sell. A lot of people paid a lot of heavy prices for that, amen? But listen, ladies and gentlemen, our God is the master of do-overs. He is the God of second chances, amen? He's the master at it. I mean, you know that right here this morning when we get together in this place and celebrate Jesus, we are celebrating the do-over. Come on, amen? Adam blew it and Jesus came and gave us a second chance. He went to the cross, shed his blood so that we could have a do-over, so that mankind could have another chance. Isn't that 